Hello everyone, welcome back to the DMC podcast, episode 34. Today we're going to be talking about burnout. And now I came up with this idea for this episode because I'm not going to lie to you everyone, I have been feeling a little bit burnt out. I'm at work after my break from Christmas, the Christmas break went too quickly, and I'm at work thinking, man, this is tough. This is tough. The work itself isn't any harder, but it's harder on me, if you know what I mean. But before we get into that, Manny, how are you doing? How have you been? How's everything? Yeah, everything's been good, man. It's um, it, it's time's flown by. It's already been a month, uh, like the first month of the year's gone. So it's just, it's just been really interesting. Like work's obviously picking up again, and like you said, just after the Christmas break, getting back into the routine. Because I know you had a bit of a longer break than I did for Christmas, mm-hmm. and I, for me, I'm I was struggling a little bit to get back into routine. But I, for you, it must have been much more difficult. So I'm kind of glad we're talking about burnout as well, because I know some people suffer from it after the first month when they start trying to hit their New Year's resolutions and start getting the ball rolling in that kind of domain as well. So I'm really glad we're talking about it. And just want to say, like, how's things with you? How's everything? It's been it's been good so far. I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's nice to be back in the office. I'm still classed as a critical worker. I'm still going into work every day. I've got my critical worker letter now. So if people try to challenge it, I just flash it up and be like, yo, I'm at the front line of this nation's defence. Allow me, please, let me just carry I want to play my switch on my way to work. Allow it. But um, that's just me. That's just me. Um, but in terms of my work, yeah, as I was saying about it, which is why I want to talk about burnout, is that I feel like you and I have had the complete opposite um, coming back from holiday kind of vibe for it. So when I messaged you initially, you said that, oh, yeah, I recharged my batteries during the holidays. I'm ready to go for work yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. And I was saying, bro, it's kind of tough for me to go back to work. So... Before we get into that, I just wanted to state the definition of burnout for you. So burnout is defined as a state of emotional, physical and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained and unable to meet constant demands. Now, I'm not sure if my definition quite confines with this, but it's quite a broad thing. What do you think about that definition, Manny? I think I think like it really does encompass like all the different variables and factors that can contribute to burnout. I know some people, like you said in your example, might specifically not fit the whole whole idea of burnout. But I think there's a sub aspect to what you were talking about, which links to how you suffer from burnout in terms of like getting back into routine might be more difficult because you might be exhausted over the Christmas period. And yeah, no, it, I think it definitely uh, hit, it like sends the message of what burnout really is. Yeah, and the, the one that mainly sticks out to me is unable to meet constant demands. And so I'm at work and they don't really have high expectations for me. I'm not going to lie. Not because like of a lack of ability or whatever, because I'm an intern. Realistically, yeah, exactly, exactly. their expectations aren't going to be that high. However, the expectation I have of myself is the thing that's causing me to stress out a little bit and feeling a bit burnt out. Because even though they're not worried about what I do, I'm like, okay, I want to deliver this piece of code. I want to contribute in meetings. I want to be able to say, hey, I've done this. They don't really need me to say that. My job there is to just try things out and see if it works, to get rid of possibilities of different ways to fix the code. That's all I'm there for. I'm not even there to fix it. But in my mind, I've set myself a demand that I need to fix this. And so that's causing me to feel a little bit like, oh, frustrated when I can't do it, if you know what I mean. So it's also causing me to be a bit stressed about going to work sometimes. So I don't know if you'd be able to recommend times that you felt that you've able to come back from being burnt out. What would you recommend? If you were in my shoes and feeling a bit frustrated and burnt out, what would you recommend to the people? 
I, personally, for me, because I, I do sometimes burn out quite a lot because I feel like I'm trying to juggle so many different things. I, I literally just stop everything and just focus on one thing only. Like, that's the best way I've noticed about burnout for me. Like, I'll be honest, like, like I was talking to you, to get myself recharged over the Christmas, all I did was literally play video games. Yes, I did exercise, I did the bog sound and stuff. For the most part, I, my only focus and my only thing I set out to do, and I told a lot of people this, was I'm literally going to be playing video games straight for the next two weeks. Yes, it's not healthy. Yes, I probably should have played it a few less hours, but I only <laughs> had one goal in mind so I didn't feel like I was burning out because I wasn't I, I never felt really tired because when I, it's not like I was playing like 10 hours a day I was playing like probably f- four hours a day but I'd yeah. have breaks regular breaks and things of that nature but like I said the primary focus for me was to fulfill that one task and that one task only and I noticed that by taking it a step back and only focusing on one thing it kind of reduces the amount of stress you have because you're not thinking about so many different things at the same time which i feel has a massive massive contribution to your levels of stress uh, especially for someone like me when when i feel like oh, i need to do so many different things i'll just start stressing out and then once i'm working and i'm stressed as well it'll get to a point where like i'll just start burning out and not i feel like i can't do anything or anymore and that would be my main thing take a block of time out i normally do it nearer to the uh, nearer to christmas because i spend time with my family quite a lot then so I don't mind doing different activities with them and I don't mind like not really doing anything anyway. It's kind of when I choose to do it, but I feel like for anyone really, I say block out a time period, perhaps even if it's like a day in the week. I remember there was like one day in the week where like I would just not do any work whatsoever. Like, <laughs> it might've been a Saturday at uni or Wednesday. I can't remember specifically what day it was, but I always had that one day with having a break, which I think is really necessary. So I think the best way to go about it is block out a chunk of time. I prefer doing a day. I w- yes, a few hours can work, but I don't feel like it gives the full effect of feeling recharged. So I definitely would say a day, a week, two weeks. But I feel like don't overstretch how long you're having that break for either because it will kind of result in you finding it harder to get back into routine. So I feel like maybe sporadic breaks or spontaneous breaks during the week might be good like maybe you decide that one day you're not going to do something and you're just going to do nothing the whole day and there's nothing wrong with that really I think the art of doing nothing I think there is something to do with that as well like there's sometimes where have you I don't know about you Joseph but I've what's been days I've done absolutely nothing but I feel so recharged when I wake up the next day it's unbelievable yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and I think we've spoken about this before potentially with Luke and talking about um how when you do nothing, you're actually doing something. You're not only, it, it may look externally, like you're just relaxing, hanging out, doing nothing. But in reality, you're recharging your batteries. You're mentally preparing yourself for the next stage of what you want to do in your career or your next piece of studying that you're going to do. So doing nothing is very important. And you know what? I think I might, I might take you up on that, man. I might, I might have to, to follow up, follow suit because it's true. Even when I'm not at work, I'm thinking about work. You know, my job isn't that difficult. I'm not trying to say I have a really hard job and I'm a top coder. No, 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 far from it. But because I have a very high expectation of myself and perhaps that's skewed, perhaps I need to lower my expectations a little bit so that I'm able to actually reach them. But I think taking time out, like you said, is probably a good idea. Um, but, you know, you, you seem to be very 
in control of the situation? Are there times that you've ever really felt burnout and used this approach to help you, like maybe in your studies last year or something like that? Yeah, no, exactly, man. I just feel like when you have that, like, that time, that time period, like, I definitely think you should give it a try, man, honestly, because I think this is what you mentioned. There's two things you mentioned there, which I've just taken note of is a burnout kind of been, is for you, has been related to self-expectation. I think that that's a common thing yeah. that you've been mentioning yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's, it's, it's really about uh, how you've kind of imposed these standards or not even standards, but expectations on what you want to do and perf- how you want to perform on your job, but, which is nothing wrong with that, really. Everyone has their own um, goals that they want to fulfill and own standards that they uphold or want to achieve, which I think is great. But I also think there is that dichotomy of like not trying to push that boundary up so high that you you're struggling to not even meet the constant demands that you have for yourself. And I think that that's a really difficult one because we know ourselves the best and we feel like we can do something or we can't do something. But then once you start stretching out those boundaries, and I think it is good to stretch out those boundaries sometimes to reach your goals. But if you do it and overexert on those boundaries and put too much pressure on them, you result in burning out, like you mentioned. And that's probably perhaps why you're feeling that kind of way. And another thing that I think uh, you mentioned was also like, you kind of implied it like I think the power of detachment is very important that like you've constantly thinking about work is is getting you burnt out because the it's it's constantly on your mind it's 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 going through your head like and maybe the way for you to combat that and this is just me talking to you as a friend you could definitely like I don't know about you but like maybe block out a certain period of time after work that you might talk to someone about work for like half an hour and after that, that's it. You're like because that's all your thoughts out in your mind. Whether you talk to someone on the phone call, you write it on paper or something, you just have like a brain dump of all the stuff you're thinking about to do with work. Half an hour after you finish, or when you finish, or when you get home, whenever whenever you decide to do it. And then after that point, at once that timer stops, or when that half an hour finishes, you you say to yourself, "That's it. Work's done. I've got everything out of my mind now." And I feel like that's the healthy way to combat it because it definitely feels like you're struggling with some detachment when it comes to like work and what you've got going on in your own life. I, I know it's obviously very difficult to, deta- to detach as well because we're living in such an environment where it's so hard to do so many different activities that the only activities that feel normal, consistent is probably work for you, if I'm honest. So Because you're going there every day. It's the one time you're out of uh, your house and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And, you know, with that advice, I feel sorry for my girlfriend because she'll most likely be the one who hears me talking about it when I get back. So uh, I'd like to apologize to her in advance for me ranting about my work for at least half an hour. But I'll tell her Manny told me to and then I won't be able to take any of the blame. I love it. Thank you, Manny. <laughs> yeah, man. If worse comes to worse, man, just voice note me for like a good might, 10 minutes if you want to or like however long WhatsApp lets you do it. Just send multiple voice notes <laughs> about how your work is. And then because I feel like once you start talking about work and you finish your conversation about work, you kind of don't, if like, for example, for me personally, I sometimes I talk to some people about work, but when I don't talk about work and I have an idea, I just make a note of it in this, well, I can't even show you. I feel like, no, I don't even have video on, but it's basically this notepad I've got. It's an A5 one I got from work and they gave it to me and they just said, here's a little present. And in my head, I'm like, well, it's nice to use it as a journal, but then maybe I just might as well take notes about what I do on a day-to-day basis. So, Every time I've got ideas about work, 
Like, I made some notes yesterday about what I was doing at work when I was uh, uh, shadowing someone. And now, like, the, like when the workday finished, I spent like half an hour just jotting down some more notes about ideas and what we could do and questions I've got. So when it comes to Monday, I can ask those questions and I feel peace of mind that I've actually got pen to paper. I've got a recollection of the thoughts I was thinking of so that I don't have to constantly think over the weekend, oh, what about this, what about that? Like, if that does occur on the weekend, I decide to think about something to do with work because I was doing some research, I'll write it down on, uh, the, in the little A5 notepad and then close it and then that's it. That's my power. That's how I detach from work personally. And I think that's the best way to do it. Um, people obviously, like I said, I, I'll lend my hand out to you if you need to just voice note me and rant about work. I'm more than happy to listen, man, because it, it's, it's, it's difficult times like, uh, in terms of, it's hard to like, do different activities to know that like, you're quite outgoing person. You could obviously do your roller skating and things of that nature, but it's never really the same unless you're with the people you want to be around as well. So uh, I'm yeah. always here for you, of course, man. I uh, appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And the, the thing you said about writing stuff down, I actually do do that. So I would highly recommend that as well. For example, before I leave work at half four, around 4.15, I get my piece of paper out, I get my pen, and I just simply write down the date for tomorrow, and I write a little checklist of things I want to do tomorrow at work, specifically just at work. So I write down, for example, by tomorrow, I want to be able to solve the bugs that were in my network code. I want to complete the registration surveys for certain security protocols that I need to go through, stuff like that. I write it down so that I'm not thinking about what I need to do tomorrow when I get home because then I can get into office and it's already there. I've already told myself, all right, when, as soon as I get there, I'm going to read this piece of paper, see what I need to do. And so that could be very helpful. I agree. I think that is a, a really good way of preventing yourself from getting burnt out, which, cause then you're separating your work life balance. You're keeping the two of them separate. And so I guess it's interesting that you mentioned that because that's something I actually do without realizing that that's something that I would do to prevent being burnt out. And so that's quite, that's quite good to know. Yeah. And if I was going to recommend anything, cause I'm not the best point of reference for this, you know, I'm, I feel burnt out quite often, like after a long stressful piece of work, I'm just like, Oh my God, I feel exhausted. But the thing that keeps me going through the work to not get, to not get burnt out during studying or during my time at work is having someone to hold me accountable for it or to just chat to, like you said, last year doing a very difficult assignment, artificial intelligence. Every day for about six hours, I was on a Discord call with one of our mates and we did it together. And we held each other accountable. We're accountability partners. I'd have to get up at midday every day. I'd have to jump on Discord. I'd have to be ready to study and ready to work with him. And he would have to do the same. And that was a really good way of preventing us from feeling, I can't be bothered today. I don't want to do it today. I, I'm, I'm too tired today. We went on a call. We had a chat. We had a laugh. And through that, I was able to get my energy back up. I was able to be like, all right, or maybe at one o'clock after being on a call for an hour, now I'm ready to start working because I'm awake. And that was a good way of helping me to stay on top of things. Simultaneously, I've had my twin brother, Oscar, at home my entire life. So while I'm studying for A-levels and GCSEs, he studied almost the exact same subjects as me. So we always had each other to look at as a point of reference. I saw that he was going to get an A in Spanish. I was like, can't be having this. I also got an A in Spanish. And so these kinds of things made me prevent myself from getting burnt out because I saw someone else doing a certain way and I'll try to keep up with them without realizing maybe they're also trying to keep up with me so we're pushing ourselves to just stay that little bit ahead little bit ahead 
and then when it's done then relax and so that that is my approach to it i'm not sure if you've done the no, same I, thing with your siblings yeah, i i no not really i'll be honest because we're, we're <laughs> all very different we're all very different mm, okay um, but in terms of like and also with different ages i i don't is in i think when i was using gccs my brother might have uh, just started his a levels or something so it's oh, this okay. is different so i'm thinking because i feel like if i had that as a point of reference i'll be working probably a lot more than i needed to and obviously you oh, can okay. work as much as you want in my opinion you can do whatever you want to be honest but i quite like what you talked about because you kind of used healthy competition to incorporate you incorporate healthy competition into your life and yeah. partnership in order to prevent burnout but then also I think it's equally as important for the person you're doing something with or working independently with and you just have them there as uh, with their presence to also understand that like that there is a need for a break. Like, for example, to prevent burnout on the podcast, actually, I don't know if we've actually said it on the podcast that we're having a break, but we actually took a break for Christmas, which we I did. think we did. Was, was really important. And even like today before the session started, we spent like an 45 minutes to an hour normally just chatting about random stuff like yeah we might talk about work we talked about um how january was going and things of that nature but we don't jump in straight away we might like you might say to me yeah i've got these at the start i'm normally like yeah joseph i've got my questions on paper i put them onto the notes and you're like yeah i've got my questions up on the google doc already but we never just jump straight into the podcast yeah, we all absolutely. have that like grace period to like <laughs> like feeling each other and how things have been and also at the same time just get a bit relaxed because i feel like if we just true, kept on true. doing things and churning things out it get to a point where we're like oh you know what i really don't fancy it and <laughs> i think the most important thing also and i've probably been a corporate of this more probably than you there's been weeks where you've asked to do a podcast and i'm like you know what i'm not feeling it but i don't put guilt on myself for not feeling it either you know what i mean yeah I know, I like, lots, lots of people they might burn out because when they feel like they don't want to do something, they feel like they have to and they're obligated to do it. But I'm more than happy to be like, you know what, man, I'm not feeling the podcast this week, this Saturday. I don't really want to do it. And it, it, that doesn't mean that I don't want to do it forever. It's just that in that moment coming up to that day, I just don't, maybe I might feel under whether maybe I just don't feel like I can deliver on a good podcast session. So I decide that, you know what, I'd rather just say no from the get go. Cause then, if we're trying to force something, I feel like forcing something is, it can either be really amazing or really bad. And that, yeah. that whole, like, like op polar opposites, they, I don't want to be on the side of being really bad. So I'd much rather just not do it at all and go back to it later when I have a, I'm in a better mind space. And that's kind of another way how in the past I've been able to prevent burnout. Um, I know you said you suffer from it quite a bit. We've obviously talked about how we've kind of prevented burnout in our own ways, but is there anything you want to add to how we've, you've been able to do it in the past? Well, yeah, to, it, the main ways is just, it's just being able to look at somebody else and be like, you know, I, I want to just try and power through this. And you did mention that it can turn out really badly or really well, just trying to power through something. It can either mean you actually do it and you get through it or you make yourself even more burnt out. You don't end up finishing what you're doing. And then you just end up having difficulties that arise because of that even further. You know, you do a worse job than you may have done if you'd taken a break and revisited it. For example, just conceptualizing. If we didn't take our January break and we had recorded a podcast on Boxing Day or something like that, we might not have been feeling it 
we might have just been like, all right, if we want to record this podcast, get in, get out kind of thing. We might have just rushed it. It might have been a really low quality podcast. But because we were so fixated on just trying to get power through it, it might not have been actually good quality. So I'm really grateful and thankful, actually, that we did take that break. We both acknowledge, let's have some time off. We can come back to a renewed vigor and absolutely 100% can say, you know, I'm gassed to be doing this again. And it's great. Um, but yeah, we, we took that approach of having a little break, taking a step back, not allowing ourselves to get too immersed. The thing that actually comes to mind, weirdly enough, is, you know, when you find a really good new song, Manny, and then you listen to it over and over, you're like, yo, this song is amazing. Like you put it on your liked songs on Spotify, you listen to it, Ben, you're like, this song's sick. Yes. And then after, I, eventually, I'm a culprit of that. <laughs> eventually time. you find yourself sometimes skipping that song. Sometimes thinking, man, I've heard this song a bit too much now. It sounds a bit, sounds a bit dr- droney. It sounds a bit annoying. And then you skip it. And then you remove it from your playlist altogether. Because you don't like that song anymore. It's kind of like that for me. It's kind of, that's how I experience the stages of burnout. I oversaturate something. And then I start to find myself disliking it. I start to find myself thinking, you know what? This is a bit annoying. It's like when I do too much work. I'm like, oh, fam, I've done 14 mass papers today. I cannot be asked anymore. And I don't do any maths for like months back in A-levels. And then I kind of fucked my mechanics exam. I got 64%. Who does that? I mean, no disrespect if you are, but I was Not predicting. Not going to lie, man. I, might I, got got than, I, got, I got less than you, man. Oh, man. I got less than you, but I was <laughs> no good at mechanics. Mate, I don't know, yeah? On a separate topic, let's just talk about mechanics real quick, yeah? Go on, mechanics go on, go on. Yeah. It's a weird one, because I actually felt like I was getting good at it. I did the papers. And it just, I, it just never translated onto the paper. Like, I understood <laughs> it, but it just didn't. The f- thing is, the first time I did mechanics, I'll be honest, I did not understand anything. I right, gave up. Right, right. I was like, I can't be honest with this. This is absolute nonsense. That's why I, when I did firmus, I never took M two. I did S three up until S three. S three instead of M two. Oh my yeah, god! I'm not messing around with that nonsense. I've never, I've never touched it. And like most people in my firmus class, um did physics uh, there was a few exceptions and i was one of them who actually didn't do physics so i didn't really like mechanics as much and i didn't mm-hmm. like do mechanics and physics either so i was kind of behind the eight ball really and i just didn't like it but yeah man let's not even talk about mechanics i hate it so <laughs> i would have got burnt out looking at the paper mate forget yeah, about doing so, it so so just doing that too much and then ended up failing the failing the grade in my opinion in my standards of what failure and passing is within school i failed that paper and that was as a result of being unwilling to take a step back, being unwilling to do five papers or two papers a day. I was like, no, I have to do all 14 papers. That could have turned out really well. I could have kept that same figure up right until passing the exam. And then it wouldn't have mattered if I burnt out from it because I would have done the paper already. But what I felt culprit to was actually failing beforehand and not being able to do it. And so that was something that was really risky and ended up you know, going sour for me. So it, I learned from that. The next year I retook mechanics and I didn't have a teacher. I was the only person who redid mechanics that year. I didn't even have my own class. I didn't get a lesson. All I did was self-study. So there yeah. was no homework being set. There were no class exams. There were no mocks for me. Yeah. I just went on my maths. My maths and MatchWatch in, in thir- at year 13, on my big 18 years old, on my maths, people were laughing at me. Yeah. People were like, why are you on my maths for? Like, bro, it works. And you know what it did? I ended up getting 87%. That is and that immense, was because I, that, that's respect. because I just paced myself. I learned from my mistake beforehand of saying, I'm going to do this gung-ho approach. 
and the gung ho approach did not work. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to take it slower. I'm going to do it more methodically. I'm going to think about what I've got to do each stage. And that's, try, that's sort of what I'm trying to do now at work. I'm trying to think about things more methodically, trying to pace myself a bit more and have more realistic expectations. I'm not going to get it right first time. I know that. And that means it's going to take a weight off of my shoulders to prevent me getting burnt out and getting frustrated. You know, I can't help but get burnt out even because I'm frustrated because I want to get it right first time. You know, I want to. But actually doing that is something completely different. Yeah, no, I, I just want to go back to that analogy, man. I think that was a perfect analogy, the music one. And unfortunately, I know actually doesn't really apply to me too much because when I hear a song, I can listen to it like 50 times and I just still listen to it. Like West wow, 10, okay. a shout out to AJ Tracy, by the way, and Mabel. West 10 was my most, I found the song out in August the 3rd. And I think October the 3rd. And October the 4th, I played it 50 times or like 100 times. In like, one day? Well, pretty much, yeah, across that oh one day, my. across the two days, because it would be the, that day I found it and the day after. But oh I my just, days. I, I couldn't stop listening to it. Yes, I listen to it less often, but I'll never skip it. It's an elite song. So, but yeah, for the most <laughs> analogy that sits well, I think it really does describe what, what's actually going on in, in terms of how people do react when it comes to things like that. They uh, tend to uh, oversaturate or over uh, index what they do on certain things. And then when they realize that they've done it for so long, they really go the complete opposite they did take a whole 180 instead and yeah exactly the one thing that i noticed that you mentioned actually was that and you were talking about earlier where we say you can do nothing and yes doing nothing does have its place but i think planning could also be something to substitute that day of doing nothing so maybe perhaps you spend like a day planning your days but you don't go into such extensive detail like for example the whole example that you mentioned about A-levels, you could be like, maybe you decide that after Wednesdays, uh, you're not going to do any work. And then Thursday, you go and restart uh, working after school. So let's say on Wednesday, you're like, you know what, I'm not going to do any work. So you could just sit down and do nothing, which is equally as fine. But you might pull out, like you said, pen to paper and make a note saying Thursday's plan, Friday's plan. You might say Thursday, going to look at momentum in mechanics. That doesn't mean you have to keep on writing down like, oh, go to this thing, go to that, look at page, etc. You don't need to go into so much detail. If you just have like a bird's eye view on the things that you want to accomplish in your plan, the planning could equally be a way to feel like you're not going to burn out as much. Because I know lots of people don't like the idea of doing absolutely nothing because they feel weird about it. And sometimes they mm-hmm. feel like they have, have to be doing something. And if you're one of those people who feels like they have to do something, I genuinely think just spend a whole day just planning. Like one of my close friends, actually, they spend time planning their week ahead on a Sunday. And I'm pretty sure they don't do any work on Sunday besides just planning. And yeah, I'm not saying planning takes them the whole day. It probably doesn't. They might jump on uh, maybe a console. They might just go on YouTube or Netflix. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I think there's a time and place for those things. But they don't go without uh, the day on Sunday without planning for the week ahead. And I think that that serves a purpose and is super important. But Yeah, that makes yeah. that makes a lot of sense, Manny. That makes a lot of sense. And that's that's very important, to be fair. And I probably should do that a bit more. I probably should make a bit more of a plan. Maybe during that half an hour that you mentioned, when I talk about work, when I get home, I could use that half an hour to also just plan a little bit more about what I'm going to do with work. I know it's a lot easier, perhaps, when you're working from home because your workstation is right there or perhaps when you're studying, because 
I was talking to my brother and he was saying, you know what's great about you going to work, Joseph, is that when you get home from work, you don't have to do work anymore. When I'm at uni, I always think about uni. I've always got another deadline to do. So even during the Christmas holidays, I was completely off and he was studying. He always had something in his mind. So I could have the opportunity to plan, whereas he had the opportunity to, he'd have to do it. If you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I need to take advantage of that. I think a bit better. And you know what? This has been a very, very important podcast for me to be fair. Just I, I need, I'm learning from this one as much as hopefully someone else in my situation could be. And you know what? If you've got, you people listen, if you've got any other recommendations for me specifically, Manny seems like he's got his shit together. Maybe he's just putting up a front. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this guy, man. This but guy, but if you've got any advice, yeah, hit me up. I'd love to hear it. Um, but moving on a little bit now, I was going to, you, you've written this question down. It seems a very interesting one. Do we experience less burnout when you do the things you most enjoy? What do you think about this, Manny, since you're the one who wrote it down? Yeah, no, um, I wrote this down because I think, it's an unusual one because I feel like once you get emotions involved in like when you're enjoying something, you never really, let's be honest. Yes. I feel like there comes a point where you might plateau, but for the most part, if someone said to me, Oh, you had to play football for like five hours, I might get physically tired, but I wouldn't feel burnt out by it. But the thing is, I don't associate the activity I'm doing in this example, football maybe to as work or um, needing to, like I don't want to say it's things with no end goal, but it's it's kind of like that. Like if I was a footballer potentially, it'd be different because that'd be my work. And maybe I'm paid to do that. Maybe perhaps I'm working towards that, and that's the end goal. But with football, for me, it's more to like, yeah, I want to play really good. But it, there is no like final goal with it. It just stops there. So mm-hmm. I feel like you experience less burnout when there's like like we spoke about earlier, less self expectations. Yeah, I just want to play good. I want to have a bit of a laugh. And it's when you have very little expectations. And I feel like in some cases that might link to the things you enjoy. Sometimes in some cases, the things that you enjoy might actually have some self-imposed expectations and outcomes you need to um, hit. But I feel like when you enjoy something, though, you, you the process is the enjoyable thing. I think Ali Abdal actually spoke about this in the podcast. He's like, the destination is not that important. It's all to do with the process. And if you're enjoying the process, you're going to suffer less from burnout because then you're not going to be so mentally fatigued or physically tired or really stressed out about things because you're in that present moment because you're enjoying it. When you're, when you're in a place of enjoyment, you're, you're completely in the present moment. You're not thinking about anything in the future. You're not thinking about anything from the past. You're thinking about that moment. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's the reason why we don't experience burnout because we're so in the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. And that could be another thing I could employ is just try and just enjoy what I'm doing because I do enjoy coding, but I enjoy coding when I get it right. And that's the part, that's the bit that's being difficult because right now I'm not able to enjoy it as much because I'm experiencing a bit of difficulty from it. And it's kind of like a degradation cycle. You know, I'm finding it difficult, which means I enjoy it less, which means I find it more difficult and then it goes on and on. So I think I either need to take a step back I need to plan it better or I need to just go tell my manager and ask someone to help me, help me out. Be like, yo, I'm a bit confused. Could someone help me out here for me? Because I kind of also am under the impression that these people are very busy and they've got stuff that they also need to do, which could be true. But at the end of the day, I'm there at my place to try and help them as best I can. And I can't do that if I'm stuck in a rut somewhere. So maybe that could be something I could employ. And then I can start enjoying it more. 
and then I could start getting more productive and not being burnt out. And then I can resume as I was before the holiday. I can resume that now. So that could be something I could do. So that's an interesting thing. And I, I liked your football analogy as well. It's just, you're just there to enjoy the football at that point. You're not there to be like, I want to score this many goals. I want to beat this many people. I want to get this many points. I want to not make seven man because realistically, Manny. Yeah, or, or like not even that. Like, it's just like, it's not my job. It's not like I have any goal goals or outcomes associated with it. I feel like once you take out, when you're in that moment of enjoyment, you don't really have, you have, you might need to hit certain things, but there's less expectation on the outcomes. So that's probably why a lot of people suffer from burnout actually is because they have a lot of expectations, whether it, like you said, self-imposed or externally imposed by empl- um, your employer, or even perhaps um, people around you might expect something from you. That, that's why you might experience burnout in other aspects of your life as well. And I think that's really, really important to mention because I don't know about you, Joseph, but when you did something that you liked, did you really burn out? Well, I know that you paid Tekken yeah. quite a lot. Did, have you really burnt out from paying Tekken? And it, it may be, in some cases, the answer might be yes, but Honestly, not like, really, man. Any every time I get back from uni and I start playing Tekken again, I play it for hours, man. I can't lie. But then again, that could be as a result of I haven't played it in ages. I'm doing ages, that step exactly. back, like we had from yeah. the podcast. So I go back with like a renewed vigor, saying, "Oh man, I love this game. It's so satisfying when I hit that ten hit combo. When I do 170 damage in one t- in one combo, stuff like that. And when my you know reactions are on point or something like that. And that's just really gratifying." because I've had such time away from it. So again, that seems to be the main reason as to prevent burnout or to come back from it even. You know, if you have burnt out and you have, and you've reached that stage where you're exhausted mentally, don't do what you're doing anymore. Just take a step back from that one thing that's been bugging you and do something else. Like I might go to work next week and think, you know, I've had a really tough time. I don't want to waste my time at work on this thing that I can't do. Can you just maybe give me another thing to do or give me another job or stuff like that? And I'm sure they'll find something for me. And then a month later, I can go back to where I was and try and go at it with a different angle. And that could be a good way of coming back from burnout. And that, that can be applied to so many things. You know, if you're studying, say if you're doing A-levels, right, and you're doing maths, physics, and computer science, just to name the trifecta that a lot of people go for. If you're having difficulty with your physics, just go do some computer science study, but you also don't want to waste your time. Go study something else. Exercise a different part of your brain. Let that one burn out. Or maybe don't potentially get that far as to letting it burn out, but work on something different. And then when you, that, when you diff- find difficulty of that, go do some maths. And then by that point, you've done those other two things, your renewed vigor for physics might come back. And just that, that approach of doing different avenues to prevent yourself from being completely burnt out and potentially not using your time as well could be very important for people who want to feel like having a break. If people feel like having a break is laziness, because I know some people have that view, then do different things that help you prepare yourself yeah, and no, get your, exactly. your mind back into place. It's funny you mentioned doing different things because I actually wrote this down before to put on the document, but I don't know if he's actually spoken about it, but Elon Musk, we obviously know he's quite a, fam- a famous entrepreneur and right now he's been valued as um, the world's richest man uh, really recently because of his stocks going up for Tesla. But he owns so many different uh, things. He's got SpaceX, he's got Tesla, PayPal. I believe he's a co-founder of OpenAI as well, which is something that's quite interesting. But less so to do with the technicality of what he does, but do you think he suffers from burnout? 
I, I don't, I haven't actually, I can't remember if he's mentioned this in an interview before, but I don't, I was going to ask your opinion. Do you think he does? And I'm going to say no. And I'll just let you know why. Because he actually spoke about in one interview that he has different days for different things. He said he might spend a whole day in, in California for Tesla. And then he might go to SpaceX on uh, Wednesday. And then Friday, he might go to PayPal. And then Thursday, maybe he's back in Tesla, but he's working with the engineers rather than the designers. Like he's yeah. been able to spread himself out whereby his days are, yeah, perhaps he might be working within the company, the same company in the same week, but he's got that spread of knowledge that he can apply himself in different areas. I just wanted to, what, what's your perspective on that? Do you think that, uh, do you think he does? Well, I'm just curious about that really. But your uh, I think, yeah, I don't think he does get burnt out because of that approach. How could you get burnt out? You're starting to feel fatigued from one thing. You're starting to feel a bit drained by one thing. And before you even allow yourself to get burnt out, you notice this and you just jump to the next. You go to the next thing, you go down a different avenue. And that's a really important thing. And yeah, I definitely would say he does it. And, you know, he's shown that it can be a formula for success. Look how flipping successful he is, man. The man's yeah, probably exactly. worth like 200 billion or something. Crazy like 100, that. 188 or 190 180. or something. Yeah. That's, see, that's, that is, is crazy. mad. That is mad. And that's just and that could be attributed to his work ethic i've read a few quora articles on him and apparently he's a very very intelligent man but he's not the smartest person who's ever lived and he won't he won't be the smartest person who ever lived he's probably not even the smartest person working at tesla but what he does have is an insatiable work ethic and he prevents himself from getting burnt out by doing the exact things you've said and potentially it could be naive of me to think I'm going to emulate Elon Musk. Maybe not his level of success, but maybe I will emulate his level of work ethic. And that could be something to keep me going when I'm finding things difficult. And perhaps for those of you listening, you could also take up this model and take off that approach to make yourself carry on when things are getting a bit harder in one avenue of your life. Yeah, and it's not one shoe fits all. We should make that very clear as well. Like mm, this is absolutely. a way, this is one way that, um, Joseph's been able to apply and, uh, to a bigger extent Elon Musk has been able to apply with so many different companies and like we said we can't necessarily validate he might have actually spoken about burnout but looking at how he's been able to operate his life I think there's parts of that that you can take and then you can try and see if you can fit them into your own life and take those lessons because at the end of the day that these people they, they, they were just like us they, they were all humans we all we're all very similar in biologically to an extent, but at the same time, we have very many differences. And if we're able to take on some of the stuff that he's been able to do and emulate it to uh, maybe even a lesser degree to which he has done, we might be able to reap some rewards in our own lives in our own ways. And I feel like that might be less, we could probably coin it as a joke, a bit of the Elon strategy, which is <laughs> diversifying yourself. Like, it's because it's kind of funny because we were talking about stocks earlier and normally with stocks you don't want to have even though if your name is man or city you don't want to have a stock portfolio <laughs> which is all to do with one area you don't want it all to do with tech you don't want it all to do with real estate you don't want it all to do with um financial services and things of that nature but you normally diversify to account for some of the losses that you might be taking in different sectors mm, and mm. perhaps diversifying might be the easiest way to prevent burnout and i say give it a try i think we've spoken about a plethora of ways to be able to uh, prevent burnout 
But the, the last thing I wanted to mention and the last uh, thing that I think is equally as important when it comes to burnout is sleep. Sleep is important. And for me, you know me, Joseph, I love my eight hours. And oh, non-negotiable yeah. that is. That is a non-negotiable oh, yeah. for me. And I know with some people when they're working very hard, or especially when I was at uni, when we had the to- not tasks, when we had coursework and exams and stuff, <laughs> I'd be spending hours working and then not sleeping my eight hours and then I felt burnt out and I definitely have experienced it but how do you feel like the importance of sleep is in terms of burnout man I'm I'm so bad when it comes to my sleep schedule like over Christmas my sleep schedule got absolutely ruined I was telling you before man it got ruined I was up till 4am chilling with my brother playing on playing video games or eating food or just chatting and stuff like that and I was up to like 4am but I try to keep it in check by waking up at 10 each day. And that isn't necessarily a, no, that's no, you know, amazing feat waking up at 10 a.m. You know, most people would be up by then. But for me, getting, getting up at 10 after going to bed at four, that was, that was difficult. And I'd only got six hours of sleep. Usually, I get five hours of sleep a night on a work night. And that is absolutely atrocious. I was telling my mom, and she's a nurse, and she was saying, Joseph, your immune system is going to be running on fumes at that point. You know, you're going to be fatigued. You're going to, it's going to impact how well you work. And I agreed with her, absolutely. And in an ideal world, I would love to get eight hours of sleep a night. But the fact of the matter is I still simply can't. I get into bed at midnight and I wake up at, and my, I always wake up at 7 a.m. I get into bed at midnight. Okay, seven hours sleep. Sounds good. Can't sleep until 2 a.m. no matter what. I'm there, awake. Have you tried, have you tried different uh, ways to try and stop yourself, uh, to get yourself to sleep? Like, um, noise frequency I forgot what it is you can listen to certain frequencies my, my brother listens to white noise yeah yeah exactly yeah it could, to, I, I don't nah. know I haven't tried that I've, I've tried you know going off my phone an hour before bed I've tried reading a book before bed I've tried having a cup of hot chocolate to help myself get to sleep and I simply can't sleep until around two and that means I wake up with five hours of sleep and that's every and that's every work night because I have to be up so early at 6 45 every day and I'm like, man, this ain't good, but it's also very difficult to combat. And I think it is very important to have a good sleep schedule and to get at least eight hours of sleep. Even if you've got a terrible sleep schedule and you go to bed at 2 a.m., if you get eight hours and wake up at 10, and that's something you're able to do with the way you're working in life, you'll be awake for the same amount of time as somebody else. Someone who wakes up at 10 a.m., who, but it goes to bed at 2 p.m. would have the same amount of time in their day as you would have, Manny, if you go to bed at midnight and wake up at 8. It's just they've set it up by two extra hours. But Yeah, I know exactly. You've I don't got do like that. a time lag of two hours. Yeah, but obviously, exactly. in your situation, it's a bit more difficult because you're working. Mm-hmm, no, I, exactly. I, I think uh, after the podcast, we'll just have a chat a bit about that. More yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, absolutely. Quite, I'm quite interested, like what you've tried and stuff. But yeah, uh, uh, we'll try and look for a way to sort that one out. But yeah, and appreciate also, it. Appreciate it. No worries, but the last thing I was going to talk about, actually, the actual last thing, because I know I said it was something else, but there's this model that I came across when I actually followed this person who does like a journal. Um, he basically does a journal uh, guide every year. And I've been watching this guy since like 2017. And I've been following this journal. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow this guy's advice and do, because every year I used to have like an A5 journal with lines in it. And he's like, I don't like lines in my A5, in my journal. I prefer a sketchbook. So I bought myself a sketchbook. And the thing that he said in his model was to separate your, what you do into work, rest and play. And he said, imagine that being a triangle and you want that to be an equilateral triangle. 
He said that if you do too much of working and playing, you'll result and no resting, you'll result into having burnout. And I feel like that that's the best way to think about it. Like if you can separate what you do into work, rest and play, and you understand like if you're going if you like maybe perhaps to have a habit tracker or track what you do one week and try and categorize them into those three categories, you could then take a look and say maybe your rest might be watching Netflix for one hour on a Friday evening. And that week you only did that thing as your own time for yourself. I think putting that into those three categories really sets home it sets the idea of what you're doing that week and maybe perhaps what you should need to add into your week a bit more. Um, just to go into a bit more detail, let me just grab it up on my own journal. Sure, let me um, hear it, let me hear it. Yeah. So rest, in terms of rest, rest is to do with personal things. So resting for me might be a personal goal, might be reading 15 books, non-fiction books. Like, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm resting, resting, but it's rest just means something associated with something that's personal to you that you want to fulfill. Work, mm-hmm. the, work, the work aspect is more to do with your academics, your business, or your, where, where you work and what you're doing. So, for example, um, for me, for us, it could be releasing 50-plus podcasts uh, by the time we do the whole year. So we wanted to do 52 by July. We want to hopefully hit 52 by July. That mm-hmm. might be a work goal. So, and then a play one might be um, maybe buying something for yourself or going on holiday or traveling. And if you evaluate your week and your week might be, oh, I did the podcast this week, I worked, I went to work this week, but then your only rest was, I only watched an hour of Netflix, then you really need to take a look at what all the activities are doing in the week and try and balance out that triangle. You want an equilateral triangle, you don't want a scaling triangle. Scaling triangle, one does not look nice. I don't like scaling triangles. Not just scaling triangles. You want an equilateral one, and I think that's the best way to go about it. Try and Mm. categorise your uh, week, Take a, take a week out on your phone, maybe even on notes. Have a bit of a track of what you did this week or even what you did in a day. And once you realize what you're doing in the day, you can really think to yourself, I'm getting burnt out because I think I'm resting, but I'm only giving my mind like a 10 minute break, but I'm going through Instagram, which isn't, isn't really resting my mind. You know what I mean? And yeah, I know you come on some more habits and some more behaviors you kind of instilled into yourself. And then, once you have that bird's eye view of what you do every uh, every day or in that week or even perhaps in one day, you can kind of reevaluate and reassess what needs to be done, what needs to be taken out, and just see what happens from there. And I think that's the best way to go about it. What's your thoughts on the model that this guy said? And I'll link the guy's video in the description of the podcast, actually. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? And do you think that's a good way to go about it? I think that's a really good way to go about it, to be honest. It, it definitely it, it makes you conscious of letting your mind rest. I think that's something a lot of people fall prey to is they believe, they convince themselves that this is a good, this is, I'm resting right now. You know, I'm doing a good approach to having a break. When in reality, they're still keeping their brain active. Like you said, they're still scrolling through Instagram. They're still looking at, and, and, you know, embracing content. They're still consuming things online rather than actually letting their brain rest and zone out and do something different. Like, if you're playing a video game, a single player video game offline without getting hyper competitive with strangers online or with your mates or something like that, I would say that is restful. However, I would not say it's restful if you're doing it with friends or doing something competitive or something like that. No, 100%, man. Like, I, I know this is going to sound really funny, but whenever me and my brother actually get down to playing FIFA, 
we always say the mental toll after we have our FIFA sessions is absolutely unreal. Exactly. You have exactly. to think so much. Like you're not. I'm thinking about how I'm going to play this game, and because it's in a competitive sense, you're you have to account for so many different things. You're not really resting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's other games such as Animal Crossing, which people were so so happy to play during lockdown because they just went into the little world of their own and they just had their own village and little people that they looked after and they cultivated this imaginary little world that was so pretty and so beautiful and that was a restful game i would say a restful thing to play and having a conscious decision to rest is very important i think that's the main thing that i take away from the model you've stated yeah awesome man and i think that's the best way to end of the episode i hope you guys enjoyed as always it's a pleasure joseph to have you on the podcast absolutely pleasure really, to be really on it man. Enjoying it man i really enjoy these man it's, it's yes. really been great and the suggestion was awesome man keep it going i know appreciate lots of people it have been suggesting as well lots of people guess i've been suggesting so i've made a note of some of the podcasts that people want to be um have next or feature but we definitely want to hear from you guys a bit more if you want to get hold of us we are on instagram at the official dmc podcast which will also be in the spotify description link so if you want to get hold of us there, follow us, DM us. We'll reply to you in a timely manner. We sometimes do get busy with work, but for the most part, we do get back to all of our DMs. And if you want to just get a hold of us personally anyway, and just give us an idea, we really don't mind that either. Also, like Joseph said, suggestions for him as well and us as people. We're, even though we do the podcast and Joseph joked about me having my life in order, we're, we're, we're far from being perfect. <laughs> I am far from being perfect as well. Yeah, absolutely. If anyone's got advice on anything, we're willing to listen because we're just trying to become better and that's the main ethos of our podcast so if you want to embark on our journey follow us on spotify and just click press on the green little button and you'll be able to be updated every week when we do have the podcast which is usually at 6 30 on sundays which i will be getting better at because i haven't done that last <laughs> week but it will no, definitely be at 6 30 uh, bst um so i hope you guys enjoyed and that is the dmc signing off